0: In a dark world filled with deceit, one united voice is crying out. Revealing the truth of God's word. It's time to expose the hidden truth. and unravel the lies
1: while we're living in Satan's little season.
0: With Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. Welcome to Living in Satan's Little Season Show. We're your hosts, Sister Crystal and Brother Phil. The topic today, part two
1: of the prosperity deception.
0: We're going to hit the New Testament today for sure. Yeah. Just to get what Jesus has to say about it, especially because Jesus, believe it or not, has a lot to say about money right. and wealth and riches and going after all these things. Matter of fact, right, pretty much right from the very beginning of the New Testament, he talks really about this.
1: Well, it's not a matter of what you have, but what you do with what you've been given.
0: And we're going to start here on the Sermon on the Mount, which is Matthew 5, 6, and 7. Mm-hmm. If there are 3 chapters of the Bible that you absolutely need to read, those are I mean, if you don't like say you don't know anything about being a Christian, nothing about living a godly or holy life, those are the in my opinion the 3 chapters in the Bible that are the most important for you to know.
1: Well, yeah, and then there's some in the book of John, but these three, I think most Christians are pretty familiar yeah. with these three chapters. If you
0: read just those three chapters, you could get a about 95-99% of Christianity of what you need to know to be a really good Christian Um, witness, and everything else would be found in just those three chapters. If you implemented everything that Jesus taught in those three chapters, Mm -hmm. you would be way ahead of the game compared to everybody else. Most people don't implement those, unfortunately.
1: Well, there's a lot of really good nuggets of information and things that are applicable to everyone who is a believer to their lives. If you just practice these things, you will be far advanced of most people, and you'll have more peace probably in your life because that's really what these things do they they invoke peace of mind and heart over peace of, of materialism.
0: And today we're going to go like you say we're going to talk what Jesus has to say about this idea of wealth, prosperity, money. There's a lot it says about this. I'm so going to start mm-hmm. in Matthew's chapter 6 verse 19. Go ahead and read that.
1: Do not lay up for yourselves treasures on earth where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroys, and where thieves do not break in. And still, for where your treasure is, there your heart will be also.
0: Okay, what are we putting first in our life? This is really the heart of Christianity. People are trying to say, well, what? what what's I've been asked questions, you know, and comments and other things like, well, what do you believe about, you know, living a godly life, about salvation, all this other? Really what it is, it's primarily going to be a heart issue. It's hard for me to describe this. I don't think there's anything in words you have to do. It's, do you have the right kind of heart? And here he's ta- talking about what kind of heart to have. What, this is what we do as, as spiritual cre- uh, beings. We're supposed to lay up for ourselves, not treasures on earth. See, mm-hmm. that's what the majority of people right now, I hate to say it, in Satan's little season, right. are doing right now that they're accumulating all this wealth here on earth but we know what's going to happen those things are not going to last the right. wealth is going to be fleeting and gone you can't take that wealth with you when you go
1: well and this is pretty interesting if you don't store it up here you're supposed to store it up where it's going to be the safest place waiting for you and i think you know think of how people store up things in banks and security Deposit boxes and whatnot. So there's even a better security system up in heaven.
0: <laughs> I mean, you have God and the angels protecting your <laughs> There's no your thief your getting goods. up there. <laughs> but the whole point is that it's the idea there is we need to be working towards making our, our, our wealth be that of, it, of the spiritual in nature. Right. And this is really what Je- what Jesus Christ is saying here. The wealth that we need to be accumulating is spiritual wealth.
1: Well, it's, you know, doing good towards others. And those kind of things that really make a difference that aren't even tangible. They're not really something that you can hold on to. But it's, it's honoring our father who's in heaven, because those things he keeps track of, he knows, you know, what we're doing with our time and how we're spending our resources with what he's given us. But that's the thing is, it's not things of a tangible nature they're spiritual they're of heart they're things that we're doing that really matter and that he sees and so that's more valuable than these material things
0: and of course we have when when we do good for others when we are generous towards others mm-hmm. we do spiritual things towards others we serve one another we love each other mm-hmm. all this stuff is treasure in heaven that's getting stored up for what we do so mm-hmm. this is what's important And if we can just get people's mindset off this idea of accumulating wealth and money and all this stuff that people do now, Mm. this is the focus really right now in Satan's little season, especially, we just got to get off all this and just get in towards, well, how about loving our neighbor? How about Mm. caring for other people around us? What about serving one another? But this is the f- part we really need to focus on.
1: Well, it's not like those things are going to make you any happier. All these materialisms, people, um, things, people go after. And it just makes me just shake my head and go, this is just crazy the way things are going. And how valuable people put a price tag on certain things, reselling something or whatever. And it's just out outlandish for one thing. But it's like, why would anyone see that as such a valuable thing? And pay such an exorbitant amount just for something that they think is valuable. When when you die, someone else is going to get it.
0: That's right. And, you know, it that's just right. doesn't
1: make any sense. So it makes more sense to, to store up what really matters and counts. And that's our good character, too. That should be more valuable to us than anything we have stored in a cupboard or a closet or somewhere. And that's really, you know, not about the things. It's about the, the people and the way we spend our lives.
0: Let's go ahead and move on to verse 24 here because he goes on to talk a, way, a lot more about wealth mm-hmm. and wh- wh- what the root of it all is, and we're going to get into that here in just a moment.
1: No one can serve two masters, for either he will hate the one and love the other, or else he will be loyal to the one and despise the other. You cannot serve God and mammon.
0: Okay, so here, of course, mammon meaning wealth, riches, you know, this is the, the correlation. Mm-hmm. If you want, it, you can either serve God, or you can serve wealth or mammon and all this other stuff. And this is why, you know, when Jesus talked to the rich young ruler and everything, mm. you know, it's like he, he couldn't give up his wealth for the kingdom of God. This was the problem. That's why don't don't want go after great wealth. It's not important. What's more important to go after is the things of God. And if he, God gives you that wealth, that's a whole different matter. Mm-hmm. But so many people they focus on just oh, I want to. Their driving force is to try to go after all this wealth and money and whatever. And then what ends up happening is is they don't have a, a relationship with the Lord right. because of going after all the wrong stuff. You can't serve both God and money. But most people are trying to serve money or wealth and
1: mammon rather than the Lord. It's a conflict of interest. The thing about this is one is going to win over the other. It's not like there's going to be a tie. You can give equal time to both. No. And it's really... Living in Satan's little season, it's a distraction. He wants us to be distracted on the material things and the things that we collect or the things that we think are valuable because we're not remembering and and being reminded of what really is valuable. And that's our souls. That's really what's valuable. It's not what you have as a possession. It's who possesses you. Because those things will eventually control you. is not going to lead to a good thing.
0: Continue on here, because we got okay. a lot more to go over.
1: Therefore, I say to you, do not worry about your life, what you will eat or what you will drink, nor about your body, what you will put on. It is not life more than food, the body more than clothing. Look <laughs> at the birds of the air, for they neither sow nor reap nor gather into barns. Yet your heavenly Father feeds them. Are you not more of value than they are? than they? Which of you, by worrying, can add one cubic to his stature? So why do you, do you worry about clothing? Consider the lilies of the field, how they grow, how neither toil nor spin. And yet I say to you that even Solomon, in all of his glory, was not arrayed like one of these. Now if God so clothes the grass of the field, which today is and then tomorrow is thrown into the oven, Will he not much more clothe you, you of little faith?
0: Okay, let's go ahead and stop there because this, he gives really the heart. And this is really what I was trying to get to here of why people go after wealth. Mm-hmm. It really He really says it right here. Essentially, it's a lack of faith. Mm-hmm. People just lack faith in the Lord and trust in God. Instead, what are they doing? They're putting their faith and their trust in something else mm. other than God. And most people today, especially during Satan's little season, what are they putting their faith and hope in? Material stuff. Money, wealth, all this other stuff. Because they think that gives them security. When their security should be in the Lord, not in all this stuff that they have. See, this is why it's so dangerous. That's why Satan has done this. He's actually created this world of kind of prosperity, so to speak, in this world. That's why Satan's not going to change anything he's going to do. He is not going to put a uh, oh put us in in poverty. No, because then we'd be we'd be putting our faith and trust in the Lord. No, he wants to keep everyone fat, rich, and uh, lazy, spiritually speaking, so that we can forget about God.
1: It's a distract a distractionary tactic for sure. But why is it so easy to trust in what you can see than what you can't see? See, that's the thing. It's the valuable mm-hmm. item isn't really valuable just because you can see it. But what's more important, more valuable, is what you can't see. And putting your faith in someone who can control the wind and the waves, putting your faith into someone who has created everything we see, that to me is much more powerful and much more valuable than putting my faith in a currency or some belonging. You know, I know that there's things that are has memorabilia and whatnot, you know, maybe something of your childhood or someone, you know, someone who passed away. You can hold on to that. But those are kind of like keepsake treasures and things. You're not really talking so much about that, but it's like there are times that we have to let go of the things that don't really matter. And as a believer, the things that really matter are the things that you can't see. And that's your faith.
0: People, when they put their trust in things. And this is kind of like in the Old Testament in Deuteronomy. Mm-hmm. He kind of, w- w- Moses was warning people oh, when you get wealthy and, and you, God brings you into the land, uh, don't forget. See, this is what people do. Mm-hmm. When they become wealthy and they become, you know, fat on the land and everything's going, they're living high on the hog or whatever, what they start doing is, is they typically start forgetting where all that wealth came from. And then they, they put their trust in the wealth as of putting their trust in the lord and it requires less faith right because you don't have to trust in the lord to do anything for your for you or help you overcome right if you're just if you have all this wealth and oh I can do all my I can do it all myself see this is what satan wants and this is what he's doing right now he, we we live in a semi prosperous world now that he's he's de- devised it to where everyone is doing okay so we don't have to rely upon the Lord anymore for anything. We don't have to have faith in God to to care, take care of our needs. All of our needs are met. We live in a day and age where it's a kind of, I, I hate to say it, pro, uh, we live in a post-scarcity world mm-hmm. where we don't have a lot of scarcity right now when it comes to food and clothing and stuff. No, that's found all over the place. And if something would happen, well, we have governments that will help us out. See, this is what Satan wants to do. He wants to try to rob us and rob you of all your faith.
1: Well, an interesting thing here, it's it's faith coupled with worry. And if there's one thing that I've seen a trend in society and culture, it's anxiety anxiety has just skyrocketed to the number one issue that people have and they're anxious they're worried they have concerns and fears about certain things and whatnot and listen we are not saying that there aren't true concerns out there but there's a point where i think the devil plays on our concerns and to the point where he causes us to be so anxious and anxiety filled with what to expect or how to handle a certain instead of having faith and giving that over to God and let him deal with it. There's a huge thing with this control issue. We can't control everything, but God, He is in control. And we can trust that whatever He allows to happen will be for His glory and He'll help us through it. So worrying doesn't change, doesn't help with anything. Faith having weak faith doesn't help. So you gotta do what's really gonna help you and that's having faith in God and trusting Him with Whatever he's going to do and, and how it works out.
0: Our time our time clock's running out there a little bit. Go ahead and keep going.
1: Therefore, do not worry, saying, "What shall we eat, or what shall we drink, or what shall we wear?" For after all these things the Gentiles seek. For your heavenly Father knows what you need all that all that you need all these things. But seek first the kingdom of God and His righteousness, and all these things shall be added to you. Therefore, do not worry about tomorrow, for tomorrow will worry about its own things. Sufficient for the day is its own trouble.
0: We need to seek after one thing and one mm-hmm. thing only. Not wealth, not riches, not money, not power, not any of these things that, that, that the devil's pushing these days. Right. Because that's what's going on in our world today. This is what they're pushing you to seek after. Oh, you need to have these goals. Go after this stuff. <laughs> Instead, how many people are saying, here, you need to seek first the kingdom of God. Nobody's saying that in our culture and society. See, this is how you know that Satan is running this world. Because all he wants to do is push this agenda where we're seeking the opposite of what the Bible tells right. us to seek after. Seek after God and his, and his righteousness. See, again, living a righteous and holy life. Not a cool thing to do in our culture today. Because the devil's all pushing all this sin and depravity constantly. Especially in movies and TV shows these days.
1: Well, here's what it is. We know that he's up to distractionary tactics. He's distracting us, and he's getting our attention off of the path, right? So we talked about that, about the sheep that went astray. He's a wanderer. Well, here's also what he's doing here. he's, He's distracting people off of what's really important. And what I was thinking, they're like fruitless dead ends. (laughs) and really what they are is they lead nowhere, and they basically, we have to turn ourselves around, figure out how to get back to the right path, and stay on it by seeking first. And that's probably one of the first songs or courses that we learned in church when we were kids, but seeking first his righteousness and all these things will be added unto you. And what are all these things? It's all the things he wants for you. It's not necessarily all the things you want for yourself, but if you put your faith and your life in his hands, he will give you exactly what you need when you need it because he knows what things that that will come across in your life of necessity. And so I believe we have to just totally trust him in all those circumstances.
0: Again, all we got to do is trust in the Lord. We need to focus on one thing and one thing only according to Jesus here. Mm-hmm. Not only faith in the Lord, that's one, but also righteousness. See mm-hmm. being a righteous and holy person. Remember it was the holy ones that are the ones that got that first resurrection mm-hmm. and if we're going to get be part of the final resurrection in the end, we've got to be holy too. So we've got to seek after the righteousness of God, pursue that as riches as opposed to the riches mm-hmm. of this world that are that don't even last and they don't even they don't do anything for us really. but of course, God knows we need a certain we have certain things we need in this life. So he's not going to leave us out in the lurches, but we need to just understand we we need to focus on the most important things first. that needs to be our priority which is in God. And that's what Christ Mm -hmm. is saying here. So let's go on to Matthew chapter 13, and we'll go into the next uh, verse that Jesus talks about. Okay, go ahead and read that.
1: When anyone hears the word of the kingdom and does not understand it, then the wicked one comes and snatches away what was sown in his heart. This is he who received seed by the wayside. But he who received the seed on stony places This is he who hears the word and immediately receives it with joy. Yet he has no root in himself, but endures only for a while. For then tribulation or persecution arises because of the word, and immediately he stumbles. Now he who receives seed among the thorns is he who hears the word, and the cares of the world and the deceitfulness of riches choke the word. And he who he becomes unfruitful.
0: Okay, so now we learn something else about riches here mm-hmm. in this story. This is a parable, of course, the seed. of the mm-hmm. of the seed and the sower and all that. we I didn't go over the whole read the whole parable. But the point is is we learn something else about riches. Riches can do one thing and that is a choke us. <laughs> that's what it says.
1: Well, no, it, it, it stifles our growth and basically kills the seed.
0: Yeah, it chokes the word. Mm-hmm. Riches and wealth and mammon and the things that we... This is why Satan promotes this so much these yeah. days. Because it really does choke out our spiritual strength that we can do. So th- what I'm saying is it's it's okay to have some goals, but our primary thing needs to be on... We need to be satisfied and thankful for what God's given to us. Right. And not be always going after more and more of this or that. It just seems like there's this... This push in our society and culture, and what all all that does is choke out the word in our hearts. This is what this uh, this parable says. It's the riches and the deceitfulness of wealth that chokes out Mm -hmm. God's word in our lives. Mm -hmm. This is a warning. This should be a huge warning to every single person listening to this do not go after wealth and riches and it's okay to take care of your family there's nothing wrong with that but the idea there is it's your heart motive see right. really what Christianity is really all about and what having a spirit being a spiritual person is all about it's about having the right kind of spirit and heart mm-hmm. yeah taking care of your family that's a good heart and a good spirit and that's what we all need to be doing but what what are we doing beyond that are we are we going after something that doesn't matter the all these riches of this world? Or are we just satisfied with what God's given to us right now? Mm-hmm. And this is part that a lot of people struggle with right now because they have these goals in their minds that of what they want to achieve. And they'll do anything they can to to achieve those goals. Mm-hmm. But the problem is, is what it does is it stifles out your spiritual growth. Right. And is it worth it to go after all these things that don't matter for, the, for and then you're giving up something that really does matter. You know, we don't want to choke out the word in our hearts and lives because we're going after wealth, riches, and all these other things. See, Satan knows this, and this is why he's pushing that in our culture today.
1: Well, so. people like to seek after something, and I think a lot of the problems we have today are people seeking after something that's not going to validate them, but they think it is. And it's basically, they're trying to fill a void that only Jesus and God can fill. And so they put in place of where they should put him, all these other desires or things. And none of them lead to anywhere good. You could put your your own faith even in your own flesh and your own health or whatever. But that doesn't, that's not going to save you. It's not going to give you eternity. Only putting your faith and hope in Jesus is going to get you anywhere and trusting God and that's the thing the devil is so good at maliciously deceiving and disguising things as though they're fruitful or they're pleasurable but they just they're they're dead ends That's what they are
0: we're gonna go over another one here because this is a story we're all kind of familiar with next Jesus meets this really rich guy called a rich young ruler and so obviously he came in there wealthy man and you know what he followed the law of Moses really well mm-hmm. too So not only was he well, he he, he would be what you would call today the ideal, what what everyone would be going for. Hey, he's got spiritual character. He's, you know, following the Lord, following the law really well. And... He's wealthy. So, you know, obviously he was quite a pick for the women probably in his <laughs> day and age, you know. hey, Going after the wealthy ones and the ones that are spiritual too. They get You get, you get the whole, but you know what? This rich guy didn't have it all. No. And this is what we're going to learn about. Sometimes you think, oh, so-and-so, he goes to church. He's has some sort of spiritualness to them. And they're wealthy too. And so what happens is these women get caught up. And, oh, this is this is a, gr- a great guy, a, you know, a, a great catch here, but there's a problem. And see, we're right. going to read about this problem with this, rich, with this rich young ruler. The one thing that he needed to do is what mm-hmm. he was unwilling to do. Okay, go ahead and read that, Matthew chapter 19, verse 21 and
1: following. And Jesus said to him, if you want to be perfect, go and sell what you have and give to the poor, and you will have treasure in heaven. And come and follow me. But when the young man heard that saying, he went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions.
0: Okay, you notice how What another thing, another problem that possessions do is it binds you down, mm,
1: weighs you down. It
0: weighs you down from really being able to sac- do self sacrificial things like give, like follow the Lord, and all these other things. See, that's what possessions do. This is what like, Satan wants to get everybody's addicted to all these possessions and all this wealth because then what happens is that we get bound to just oh we, we have to stay here we got to do this we can't we can't go beyond our comfort zone really God wants to do just trust in him follow him follow his leading just like Moses just like Abraham did he, Abraham was a wealthy guy and he just paid he just took everything he had and went where God told him to go and it mm-hmm. it, wor- it worked out well for him but you know he was a sojourner his whole life so, it, you know, it, it, sometimes you may think it go, works out well for you, but then you're, you're not living all in one place all your life. You know, you're having to move around some.
1: Well, here's a really good thing. If any you caught this or not, but he had great possession, but he went away sorrowful. Why? Because he could not disconnect his ties to these possessions. They owned him. He didn't own them. They owned him because... He he knew, he probably knew this was the right yeah, um, that's why, thing that's, to yeah. go with. That's why he was to, sorrowful. To, yeah. to, to follow after Christ. But he couldn't let go of the things that were holding on to him. Not him holding on to them. So he left sorrowful. But he probably knew this was the right advice. Right. And he could, not, he could not separate himself. Sever the tie. And I'm actually learning this right now. That those things that we think are... And they could be things that we've been attached to because of, and a lot of people, um, what you learn is people are attached to things because of trauma. You go through a traumatic experience and you hold on to things. It's because of that experience, not the things you're holding on to. So you're having a hard time letting go of those things because of how it connects to you because of what you experienced. So it's all kind of a vicious cycle. But the idea there is if you give it all to the Lord, all your feelings, all your sorrow and your And you just say, God, help me clean my house, spiritually, mentally, physically, clean it. And he will help you get rid of the stuff that is encumbering you. And that's what this guy had. He had all these possessions were holding him down, but he knew the right thing. He just couldn't do it because he cared more about those things than he cared about following after Jesus, which... To me, is a really big deal, and a lot of people are struggling with this issue.
0: And just go ahead and keep reading, because there's a couple more things I want to bring up in this particular story with this rich young ruler.
1: So, then Jesus said to his disciples, Assuredly, I say to you, that it is hard for a rich man to enter the kingdom of heaven. And again, again I say to you, it is easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than for a rich man to enter the kingdom of God. When his disciples heard it, they were greatly astonished, saying, Who then can be saved? But Jesus looked at them and said to them, With men this is impossible, but with God all things are possible.
0: I think in the end these these apostles of Jesus were actually thinking, Well this guy has it all. <laughs> this guy has money, he's got he, he's following the law of Moses really well, he's a spiritual man. And so they I think what in their hearts they were like this guy is the apex <laughs> of what you want to achieve as a human being. This is what they were thinking because that's what a lot of Christians think. Hey, if I, you know, go to church, I'm a spiritual person and I'm really wealthy and rich, I've got I'll have it all. See what I'm saying? This is what most people's view of wealth is. Wealth and spiritual means I have everything.
1: But that doesn't mean happiness because he was not happy. He was sorrowful. So if possessions equal happiness, well, he obviously didn't have that. So what really does make you happy? It's not having possessions. It's having the right spirit being led spiritually with the right attitude. And things don't make you happy. It's having the right desires in your heart and honoring God with what he's given you.
0: See, you notice how it said the disciples were astonished because Mm -hmm. they were thinking to themselves, boy, wait a minute now, if this guy can't be saved and (laughs) he's got it all, who can be saved? See, what they weren't realizing is the wealth was actually... A hindrance to this,
1: game. right? Well, they're thinking, what what hope does any do the, any of us have, you know? But
0: because they were all probably going for this, they were all thinking, yeah. this is what I want in my spiritual life—to be wealthy and spiritual too. Right, and then I'll have everything in this life I'll have to offer. I'll have like the best of both worlds. See, I'll have my cake and I can eat it too—that kind of thing.
1: People think that that is this well-balanced thing, having both sides of the coin, but. Maybe that was the whole point, was that Jesus didn't want them to have all this stuff that they could depend on. Because, see, he was depending on his riches more than he was depending on his faith. And I think that's the key. And I think, really, all the disciples, I think they had it right. They were following Jesus, not going after the things of the world that are, you know, lead to nowhere.
0: Everybody in their mind goes, well, you know, this life is kind of rough. It's easier. If things could be a little bit easier. Here's the problem: when when your life becomes easy, you become very weak. You don't grow. Yeah, you don't grow, and that's what happens when you become wealthy. This is another problem that people have: they become wealthy, and what happens is they become spiritually weakened because they, they don't their faith isn't tested at all. Oh, because they're trusting their wealth now. You know, th- there's nothing that they that happens that they can't overcome because they got wealth now.
1: Well, it's a very good big concept right now. Why would we need to trust God to provide? If we can provide for ourselves,
0: yeah, or if we're just go, we're, we're we're skating along in life without any worry about anything else, mm-hmm. or not having to trust in God to over help us overcome the obstacles in our life, because money usually overcomes most obstacles. Right. And that's what most people discovered. That, oh, if I have enough money, I can overcome any obstacle that runs right. run into my path. Oh, if my water heater goes out in my house, no problem. I'll just buy another one. No, pro- no problem. And, you know, it's just like every problem is, oh, I got an easy solution for that because I'm wealthy.
1: Well, people don't want to be offset by problems. They want to have everything flow just perfectly. And if there's any hurdle or any speed bump or any issue that causes them to have to have faith or patience, mind you, th- that is a struggle. Oh, no, we, 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 have, we have to go back to the easy flow because they just can't be un, unsettled. And I think those unsettling times is where you grow in your faith and where God can use you to see the bigger picture. And a lot of people just can't. They, they can't be upheavaled. They can't have issues arise without them being swiftly dealt with. They have, they have. A lot of people have this mindset where they have to have everything go according to plan or the way they, they need it done. And it's, sometimes we have to have things kind of caddywanked there in our life so we can see that we can trust God to provide in those areas we can't provide for
0: ourselves. It's, if you're wealthy, you're much less likely to be entering the kingdom of heaven than if you're not so wealthy. I think that you know we should not be going after massive wealth, massive riches in this world. Instead, what I'd like to see people doing is going after massive riches in the spiritual realm. Mm. And this is what I'm uh, I'm, I'm, ta- what, what I'm talking about doing on the show. Is what we need to do is we need to be going after the riches of the wealth of the next age rather than the age than this age right now that people are going after wealth, because that's what this, the age of this wealth is a trap. Mm-hmm. It's a snare, and this is what's happened. Satan has snared so many people into the a- this age of wealth. So people are like people say, "Oh, why don't you Phil? Why don't you just monetize your show and you can make a bunch of money?" It's like I don't care about the money mm-hmm. because God, if God wanted to be, me to be wealthy and rich, He would give me the wealth. Mm-hmm. I don't need to monetize it. I haven't made a dime off the this show. This, because I really only care about getting the message out, and I, will, I love every single person, and I will sac- be self-sacrificing. See, that's what everyone needs to be thinking about. Mm-hmm. Self-sacrificing themselves, not worrying about all that stuff, not worrying about the riches of this world, just helping out people that are in need, improve this world and make it better. If everyone thought that way, think about how great this world would be. But what's happening is everybody's so selfish, only thinking about themselves and their own wealth and their own riches and everything. And we don't care about our neighbors anymore. And this is just a sad situation that's happened. Like I say, it's difficult to enter the kingdom of heaven with a large amount of wealth. So what I'm trying to say is don't wish for lots of wealth. Instead, just wish for what God wants to give you. Because this is where we're going to end off here, and we're going to have another show because we still have more to go on this topic. But we need to focus on what God wants to give us, not what we are. See, that's what happens. People always go for what they want, and they're not following the guidance of the Spirit in their lives. They're only going after. Things of the flesh. And this is why people ask me, well, what's your view of how to be saved and everything? I'm like, live according to the Spirit. You want to know how to get saved? It's simple. Live according to the Spirit and according to faith and have love in your life. It's as simple as that. Now, you might think, oh, that's easy, just three things. But yeah, those three things are hard because most people aren't living according to their spirit, they're living according to their flesh. Most people don't ha- have a lot of faith. They say they do, but then when their faith gets tested, they're, they're weak and they crumble right away. And then most people, when you say, oh, I have a lot of love in my life, they don't have a lot of love in their mm-hmm. life. They, they don't have unconditional love for others. They don't love their enemies. It, this is what God wants us to do, and this is part of what this show is all about, is I'm trying to define what it means to be a spiritual person. Right. It's simple, really, in how but it's hard because it means you have to live according to your spirit. And not according to your flesh esau was a man of the flesh and that's why he gave up his birthright and all that other stuff but he became a wealthy man anyway but he still lived according to his flesh this is what i'm trying to get everyone to understand we need to work and be living according to our spirit and if the spirit decides hey we're going to give you a lot of wealth like it has in the past certain, that's great but if not Maybe, it, it, because remember what happened to Job. He was a wealthy man, too. Mm-hmm. But, you know, in one day, he lost all of it. It got chopped off. One Every balance of his wealth was gone in an instant.
1: And that's what happens
0: to wealth. It can be fleeting.
1: Right. But here's the thing. He went through that test or or trial, period, and came out where God blessed him because of his faithfulness. And I'm not saying he will bless people. Everyone who believes in God will be blessed right now with an abundance of wealth. No. <laughs> what I'm saying is that we, if we trust the Lord to provide, first of all, we have to know the difference between a need and a want. There are needs, and then there are wants. There are things we think we need, but they're really what we want, not what we need. And God knows what we need. And I, I am so grateful that he knows exactly And I tell this to people all the time, but he knows exactly what we need and when we need it. And he will orchestrate all of those things out if we totally put our faith and trust in him. Now, does he give us all our wants? Not necessarily. But he does say in his word, delight thyself in the Lord. He will give you the desires of your heart. But the beautiful thing about it is we need to delight in him. We need to walk with him, see the beauty of our faith and relationship with God, and then Trust him to provide what he wants for us. Because I can guarantee you right now, he knows what you need. And what he wants to give you is probably far better than what you think you need or what you want. Because he is a generous father. And he is a great provider. So trust the Lord with all your heart and you will not be disappointed.
0: And Satan wants us to do the exact opposite. (laughs) Because we're living in Satan's little season. Not only because it's biblical...
1: But because it's the only thing that makes sense. Join or contact us at Satan's dot This is a non copyright, living in Satan's Low Season production.